I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, President Trump, California wildfires, and the politics of climate change. On Monday, as fires continued to burn up and down the West Coast, the president paid a visit to the Sacramento area. One of our Capitol reporters, Alexi Kossoff, is here to talk about how Trump resisted Governor Gavin Newsom's call to confront the reality of climate change. And he did so even as his Democratic opponent, Joe Biden, signaled he may focus more on the issue and on the fires that are burning. Alexi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Alexi, we want to listen to some of the meeting between President Trump and Gavin Newsom and others today uh, at McClellan Air Force Base near Sacramento. But first, can you set up the day for us? Why was President Trump in California? President Trump made a brief stop near Sacramento for a couple hours today. He's been on the West Coast doing some campaign events. He was in Nevada and he was on his way to Arizona. And with things getting so bad here, he came to get a briefing from California officials on the wildfires. So he came in late morning, sat down with the governor and some other state officials, uh, did a ceremony to honor the California National Guard members who evacuated those people from Mammoth Pool Reservoir earlier this month who were trapped. And then he was gone about two and a half hours later. All right. So the the president and the governor have a bit of a strange relationship we've been watching play out. Indeed. Um, describe that, if you would. Well, they have been historically, I would say, uh, pretty bitter rivals. Uh, when Newsom was on the campaign trail in 2018, he loved to talk about how he was running against Trump. He was setting up California to be this antithesis to the federal government. And then when he was elected, he found himself in the uncomfortable position of having to play nice because suddenly there was just disaster after disaster hitting the state and he had to ask for help. Uh, so first, that was the the campfire, uh, which, you know, burned down most of Paradise and, and much of uh, Butte County in, in 2018. And that happened right after Newsom was elected and they were up there touring around together in, in November of that year. And then since then, there's been other wildfires. There's been the coronavirus pandemic. And the two have actually been pretty nice to each other when usually, you know, Trump is calling Newsom a clown and Newsom is calling Trump a dictator and all kinds of things like that. And Gavin Newsom has obviously made a calculus that he and the and the people in California will be better off if he doesn't get into a war with President Trump. You can sort of see how he's playing that strategy out every day. Absolutely. You know, sometimes you can even visibly see how much it pains him to be. Yeah, it's very nice, dead. It's very dead sometimes. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember once I was actually up in paradise when Trump came to visit and Jerry Brown was there, who was the governor at the time, and Newsom was there because he'd just been elected. And there was a point at which Trump slapped Newsom on the back and he physically recoiled from him. I mean, that's the kind of relationship that they had going into all of this. But they've been a lot nicer to each other in the last six months or so because absolutely California depends on the federal government for money and help. Uh, and, and it, you know, Trump, Trump has come through, you know, uh, Newsom will acknowledge that Trump, you know, the president has put aside their differences and given California a lot of what it needs. Okay, gotcha. 
So let's let's get to these clips. We should say going in that that the one of the the tensions here is that the president is not someone who believes in climate change, very famously so, um, but he's made a lot of noise about forest management and how California needs to do a better job, which in some cases is true, but in some cases, uh, as we'll get to later, um, he he doesn't get all of the facts straight, perhaps. Um, but let's let's get to the first clip. Gavin Newsom uh, ha- sort of beseeches the president, right? What's going on here? Absolutely. They're, they've had this back and forth about the wildfires, talking about what's causing them. And it, it, several times now in the past few weeks at the Democratic National Convention, last week visiting a, a wildfire area that had, had burned up recently, Newsom has criticized the president for not taking action on climate change and really forcefully talking about how climate change is contributing to making California's wildfire season worse. And so he he really just laid it out to the president today and asked him to please acknowledge that reality or at least acknowledge that California is taking it seriously and that we accept the science of climate change here. Something's happened to the plumbing of the world. And we come from a perspective, humbly, uh, where we submit uh, the science is, uh, in and observed evidence is self-evident uh, that climate change is real and that is exacerbating this. And so I think there's an area of at least commonality on vegetation, forest management, uh, but please uh, respect, and I know you do, uh, the difference of opinion out here as it relates to this fundamental issue. So you'll notice here that it, it's sort of Newsom having to almost get brave for a moment. He's almost apologetic, but he wants to make sure that he has this public moment where he confronts the president. Because a lot of people have actually been criticizing the governor for being too nice to Trump recently. And Newsom has even ended up in a Trump campaign ad praising him. So you really see that he went out of his way here to, you know, even as he was trying to be as nice about it as possible and and respectful, he still wanted to confront the president during the visit about climate change. Okay, this is a podcast, but there was some body language going on while while Newsom was talking, right? Right. I mean, the president had his arms crossed, his face scrunched. He was listening, but he was not hearing what Newsom had to say. Okay, so he did not acknowledge the reality of climate change, which we uh, which we know exists, but um, uh, the president uh, has not been um, willing to believe in or or, or acknowledge. Um, let's move on to perhaps an even more interesting clip. Now, this one uh, set it up for us, but this is um, Wade Crowfoot, right, who used to work in San Francisco and now works for the state? Right. He's the Secretary of California's Natural Resources Agency. He's been very involved in the response to the wildfires, and he has also been recently tasked by the governor with figuring out how to accelerate California's climate agenda to get the state faster and, you know, more quickly toward its goals to combat climate change. So there's a moment where they're talking about vegetation management and uh, Secretary Crowfoot says to the president, you know, we can't put our head in the sands and head in the sand and just pretend this is all about vegetation management. And you will hear that the president was not very receptive to that message. If we ignore that science and sort of put our head in the sand and think it's all about vegetation management, we're not going to succeed together protecting Californians. 
Okay. It'll start getting cooler. <laughs> I you, wish, just, you just watch. I wish science agreed with you. <laughs> hey, well, I don't think science knows, actually. So that may have been perhaps the most awkward interaction of the entire day and certainly the one getting the most attention from people. Uh, it, it's almost hard to parse what exactly the president meant because we know that the average temperature of the planet is warming. And so when he talks about just you watch, things are going to cool down. We don't know whether he's mistaking weather for climate as he has in the past. We don't know whether he just has in his head that eventually things are going to change and and the planet is going to start to cool down again. It's not really clear, but whatever it is, it's not factual. The The planet is is warming right now. And that is causing all kinds of extreme weather events and extreme other environmental uh, conditions that are contributing to disasters like wildfires. In the past, people have criticized the president um, for very clearly mixing up weather and the climate. So if it's cold, if there's a cold spell, the president will seize on that and say, see, no climate change. Um, which is which to some people makes a joke, but to to others uh, is really kind of frightening and troubling that the president of the United States doesn't seem to understand sort of basic science around this huge issue for the country. Yeah, a lot of times, a lot of times you can sort of think, well, perhaps he's just playing to his base. He's just saying things that he knows his supporters want to hear. And and in this instance, when you hear where he says, just you watch things, I bet things are going to cool down again, that really suggests that he just doesn't know what's going on or he doesn't understand the situation or he's refusing to understand the situation, that it's much more than just political gamesmanship. And that's probably the thing that's most concerning to a lot of uh, environmental experts, that, that he may just not even really grasp the reality of what we're dealing with this climate crisis. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, more with Sacramento reporter Alexi Kossif on President Trump's visit to California right after this. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Welcome back. I'm Damian Bulwa. This is Fifth and Mission. I'm talking to Sacramento reporter Alexi Kossif about the president's visit to California amid the wildfires. Alexi, we've got one more audio clip to play. This one is actually from the tarmac at the Air Force Base near Sacramento, right? Yeah, this one I captured. So forgive some wonky audio. It was the Air Force One was still on in the background. But he had just come off the plane a few minutes before, and he came over to answer a couple of questions from reporters before heading into his private meeting. And one of the one of the things he was asked about was why he had taken so long to acknowledge the wildfires in California publicly. He, for several weeks, was essentially silent about the disaster here. He broke that silence on Friday on Twitter with a, an acknowledgement of the firefighters. And then on Saturday at his campaign rally in Nevada, he made some comments about forest management again. But that's about it so far. So when a reporter asked him about, you know, the criticisms that that he hasn't had much to say, uh, he did not take to it too kindly. And and you'll hear in this clip that that he was pretty defensive about it. I gave an emergency declaration. 
That was immediate. So don't tell me about not doing it because I gave immediate. That included FEMA coming here immediately while it was just starting. FEMA and everything else. So that's a nasty question. So, I mean, what you'll hear there, other than the fact that he literally calls it a nasty question, uh, is the fact that he has separated in his mind public acknowledgement from doing something. And you can't dispute that he has done something to help California in this instance. He has provided uh, emergency declarations that free up resources and money for the state. But what he hasn't done is even give a simple well, you know, for weeks, did not even give a simple well wish online or at any public event to the people of California who are suffering through this. Uh, We should note, many of them are the president's own supporters. Many of the biggest wildfires are burning through places that vote overwhelmingly for Trump. And and I'm sure these people would, you know, love to hear from the president that he's thinking of them and and wants to help them. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, interesting here that he often seems to view California as sort of this liberal monolith that's against him and kind of forget that there is so much of this state that is, you know, supports him as well and and could use the comfort and all of those things that presidents typically do during a moment like this. And the person who asked the uh, quote unquote nasty question, our former colleague, Carla Marinucci, who's at uh, Politico now, um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Alexi, <laughs> I mean, it, she always has good questions. Yes, she does. <laughs> she does. So the president, you know, he he is, um, you know, he has given the disaster declaration. He is out in California. And and I think to some degree, the politicians, don't they? They know that that he has a lot of power because when he talks about forest management, it is a lot federal land in California that actually needs some of that management. So. There was an acknowledgement there during his whole visit that that even though there's a big difference of opinion with the president, including on climate change, that um, the president has a lot of power to help California. Right. And and, you know, we should be clear here that he's not wrong that there have you know, there have been issues with forest management in California over the years. Uh, The problem here is that more than half of the forest land is ca- in California is managed by the federal government. 3% is managed by the state and the rest is private land. So when he criticizes California for having environmentalists run amok, for having too many regulations, for not allowing logging, it's not necessarily a fair or honest criticism because much of what has been, you know, left to get, you know, overgrown is is federal land. And the state has started to pick up its role in the last few years, more or less since the campfire. The state has putting more money into vegetation management now. And they announced uh, last month a an agreement with the federal government to spend up to a billion dollars a year to accelerate uh, clearing brush and, and doing all other kinds of vegetation management projects on federal land, too. So hopefully we're actually going to see something good come out of this and have a little bit more attention and effort put into this problem. And probably comments about raking the forest are not very helpful for the president as he tries to no, make but this case he, either. He did make them again today. I, I don't think he can help himself. And, uh, you know, one thing he really does want everybody to know is he takes full credit for people paying attention to the issue of forest management again. I mean, he literally said today to reporters that nobody was talking about this problem three years ago when he first brought it up. And now that he's 
brought it up, everybody agrees that it's a problem. So, and were you yes, like sh shaking Chronicle stories in your hand, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of stories. Just trying about to just trying to get down, you know, notes about all the things he was saying because there was a lot he had to say. All right, next next time. Um, so while this was going on near Sacramento, Joe Biden was was trying to make use of it, right? I mean, we haven't been sure how much Joe Biden is going to talk about climate change, but with the fires going on, it looks like maybe he's going to to seize upon them. Absolutely. It was almost a perfect kind of split screen moment because as Trump was visiting California, Biden was in Delaware giving a speech on his climate agenda. And he opened those comments with a direct acknowledgement of the wildfires in California. And he criticized Trump very, very explicitly. He called him not just a climate denier, but a climate arsonist, essentially said that if we give him four more years in office, that these types of events will get more destructive, more deadly, more devastating. And then he took a criticism that Trump has lobbed against him which is that he wants to, you know, quote, abolish the suburbs by bringing more low-income housing into communities that don't have it. And he flipped it on its head and he said that, you know, the real threat to suburbs is Trump's environmental policies because they are leading to communities burning, to communities being flooded, to communities having all kinds of natural disasters that are being exacerbated by climate change. And he's not doing anything about it. He's failing to keep these people safe. So he went very, very hard against, against Trump's climate uh, policies. And I think this will be a relief for a lot of environmentalists who have been frustrated that climate change has not been a big part of the election so far. But with, you know, Senator Kamala Harris, our home state senator, on the ticket, I mean, it's a perfect opportunity for them to really shine a light on this issue. And she's actually coming to the state um, this week as well. And she'll be in the Fresno area visiting some of the folks who were affected by the Creek Fire in that region. It's really remarkable. It feels like we should be having a debate about what to do about climate change. And we're seeing the impact right now up and down the state. And instead, on the national level in the presidential election, we're not really having that debate. Um, I, I would say we're having a debate over whether climate change exists, but we know that it does exist. So in, to some degree, we're only sort of having a debate about to what degree that's a winning campaign issue. It's very strange. It, it is. I mean, it, it's clear. I think part of that is driven by the fact that when we're in the middle of a pandemic, that people, what people are most worried about is healthcare and the economy. You know, we've, I mean, these, it's just hard to deny that these are the issues that people are really struggling with in their own lives at this moment. But the reality is that climate change affects all of us, you know, and it, and it will affect us for generations and we need to take action now. And, you know, that has not been a part of the discussion up till this point. And perhaps the severity of the wildfires, not just in California, but across the entire Western United States. I mean, there's four or five states just dealing with horrific record-breaking fires right now. You know, that is really going to force a change in the conversation. We'll see whether, whether that will be sustained in the coming weeks and months. All right, Alexi, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thanks to my guest today, reporter Alexi Kossif. 
to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.